The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. Welcome. Um, well, if you've been around the last couple of weeks, and I hope you have been, if not actually physically here, then maybe online, you know that we are going through, in part, anyway, the Diary of a Disciple Acts, so the life of Peter and Paul in their different ways. Um, Yobby brought that message last week from chapter 14, 14. and uh, we're going to jump one chapter and I'm going to talk to you this morning about things, events in chapter 16, okay? Um, Obviously, Acts is a long book, lots of events, lots of things happen, but we haven't got time, obviously, so we're sort of cherry-picking, we're sort of dancing our way through for this month as to where we're going. Acts chapter 16 is exciting. Has anyone read Acts chapter 16? Do you know what I'm going to be talking about? No, says everyone, no, no. Does anyone know? Yeah. It's exciting. And what I'm going to try to do, bearing in mind this is a shorter service, is try to get through Acts 16 because it's brilliant. And I want to make sure that we get hold of what God wants to teach us through this amazing uh, chapter, this amazing book. Um, anyway, so to bring you up today, what's happened is that Paul and Barnabas have gone back, they've finished their missionary journey, they've set up these churches, they've encouraged some new believers, and uh, anyway, after a period of time, they just thought we might want to go back again to encourage them. Um, things aren't straight. I've got to tell you, it's a shame, because Barnabas and Paul have a bit of a falling out. Can you believe that? I don't think it was irreparable. I don't think it was awful, but they had a bit of a falling out. Suffice to say that they weren't going to go together on this second missionary journey. So what happens is Paul takes hold of a guy called Silas. You may have heard of him. He's a spirit-filled lover of Jesus who's a prophet in the church. And he goes with him on the second journey. What are they doing? Well, they're going back. They're going back to where they came from. They're going back to these churches. They're going back to encourage them. They're going back to tell them, yeah, come on, guys, because remember, these are fledgling. These are new churches. And, and Barnabas, he goes with a guy called, called Mark, and he heads off to, to, the, uh, to the island of Cyprus. And it's a shame, but that's what happens. And so anyway, P- Paul and Silas, and with a young guy called Timothy now, head off for this secondary journey to go and visit these churches. And whilst they are on their way, whilst they are on this journey, Paul has a dream, he has a vision in the middle of the night. And it's a strange dream, because he sees a guy, and he sees this guy, and this guy is saying, Paul, come over, we need you. Come and help us, we need you. And I don't know how, it doesn't tell us in scripture how he identifies this man, but he says this was a guy from a place called Macedonia. Now, Macedonia isn't in Turkey where they were. Macedonia is in Greece. It's a long way away. And he said, please, Paul, will you come and help us? So Paul wakes up and he goes, we're going to go, guys. We're going to go. I'm going to be faithful to We're going to go. And so they head off. This is a long way. Remember, there are no trains. There are no uh, planes. So they take a boat, and it's about a... I reckon at least a 10-plus day journey that they take where they head over to this area of Macedonia, which is in Greece, mainland Greece, still there today. 
Well, of course it would be, but yeah, it's still called Macedonia. <laughs> Lord, take that out of there. Yeah. Anyway, so they go, and, uh, and, and they make this journey over there to this area that they do not know. Now, I've mentioned quickly there Timothy. Now, Timothy appears in this chapter of Acts, and what happens? Timothy's a young man. Timothy's about 21 when he goes with Paul and Silas. 21, okay, young man. He first met Paul when he was 16, they reckon. 16. And he met him when he first came to his hometown of Lystra, which is in Turkey. And uh, he goes. He's a man full of the love of Jesus. He's a disciple. He loves the Lord. And he goes with them. And now Paul saw something in him. Because remember, he didn't want Mark John next time. But he was going to take Timothy. He knew that the Lord was working in this young man's life. Guys, there are people here sitting, there's youngsters here. Some of you are 16. Some of you are not yet 16. Some of you are older than 16. God, we pray, is going to work in your lives. This is, uh, we pray for you as leaders regularly. But God will lay hold. What? So you can go on missionary journeys. Well, praise God. Yeah, please. But not necessarily for that. That you may be. Those that love the Lord, serve the Lord, rise up into various different ministries, teaching, preaching, sharing Jesus. We're praying for you. Timothy was a young man, and he laid hold of the things of God, and he did great exploits, great things for God. So I just want to say that as a little bit of an aside. Almost fell over the mountain then. Um, anyway, they arrive in this big city called Philippi. It's a big, bustling, huge city. It's a Roman, everywhere's a Roman colony. They ruled the world, didn't they? So this is a Roman colony as well. And they arrive here. Now, if you know anything about Paul, what Paul does when he arrives somewhere new, he goes on the first Sabbath to the synagogue. That's the first place he goes. Guess what? No synagogue in Philippi. <laughs> what am I going to do? So he heads out on the Sabbath morning. Sabbath's the day the Jews go to church. And he heads with Silas and Timothy, they go down the bank of a river, and they find a little space to pray. And they also come across some ladies, a group of women, it says. And one of those ladies is a woman called Lydia, and she's a businesswoman. She's got some gravitas. She's quite rich, I think. And uh, she hears this message. She worships God anyway, but she hears this message. She listens to Paul and Silas. She receives Jesus. And she and a few others, then she says, I tell you what, guys, come and live with me. Come and live whilst you're in Philippi in my house. There's room. And so the three of them go to live there, as best we know it. Anyway, so one day when they're going out to pray, Paul, Silas, probably with Timothy, but certainly Paul and Silas, this girl starts following them as they're going down the river, as they're leaving the city. And she starts, and starts shouting out after them. Now, this young girl is different because she has got a spirit within her, a spirit it's not a good spirit. It's a spirit that allows her to tell fortunes. It's a spirit that allows us to see the future. It's a spirit that is not a good thing. And so what she does, she's, she follows them every day, it says, and she's shouting out. And they, they, she's shouting out, These men are the servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. We well, think that's right. That's what they're doing. But there was something wrong in this. Just Paul, don't feel right about this. Anyway, he doesn't do anything about it straight away because the Bible tells us after many days, after many days, that Paul has enough of this. Now, this girl is earning money for her owners. Why is she earning money for them if she's a slave girl? Because she's telling fortunes. And people want to know what their lives have in store for them. And so they come to her. 
Oh, what's, what, what's, what's, what's. And they made a lot of money. But one day, and it says after many days, Paul says, enough, enough. And he lays hold of her, puts his hand upon her, and he says, in the name of Jesus, spirit, be gone. And his spirit is gone. And the spirit goes like that. At the name of Jesus, gone. Now, you'd think, well, that's a good thing, isn't it? It must be a good thing. But the problem was, the people who owned her we ain't going to get any more money. <laughs> There's no more money. There's no more fortune telling. It's gone. What's going on? This is outrageous. If they'd have been caring, if they'd been loving, they'd have said, oh, she's healed of this horrible thing. Praise God, this is one. No. Why? Money. <laughs> money. And so what they do is they grab her. Or grab, sorry, they grab Paul and Silas and they said, enough of this. And they frog-marched them into the city center where the officials are, the big men of the city, the, the magistrates, it says. And they, they said, this is not good enough. And what they declare, they declare, these men are Jews and throwing Philippi in uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. Rubbish. <laughs> they weren't worried about unlawful customs. They were worried about the money. They'd lost their money. And they wanted to get Paul in a big trouble. And Silas in big trouble. And that's exactly what happened. Very quickly. Do you remember a guy called Demetrius? Does that name ring a bell? When Paul goes to Ephesus, he hasn't gone there yet. When Paul goes to Ephesus, he raised up, oh, created a riot. He was the start of a riot against Paul in that city. Why? Because he made little, he made models of a goddess called Artemis. And Paul was preaching Jesus. And he was going, oh, no one's going to buy my models. And so he said, eh, the goddess is being you know, put down by this man. No, money. I'm losing my money. How many times is it money at the root of these things? People come up and they don't want to say it's money. So they say, oh, it's this. It's the, it's the fact that it's unlawful custom. No, it was money. And that's what really motivated these guys. Anyway, the crowd get behind it. They get, they, they, they're shouting, Paul, yeah, it's outrageous. How many times when someone's being persecuted and someone's being put down, do the crowd that follow turn on them as well? It happens. It seems to be in human nature. This happens. What happened when Pilate tried to release Jesus? What did the people say? Crucify him! We don't want him! They turned on him. Crowds have a tendency to turn in these situations. Anyway, do you know what they did with them? Without even listening to what Paul and Silas had to say, they beat them with rods. Beat them with these heavy rods. Can you imagine what that must have felt like? Beaten, beaten, beaten. And then if that wasn't enough, in the jail. In the jail, in the stocks, where your feet are stuck. And then they had chains bounding them in the inner, in the inner part. This actually shows the stocks. Apparently, when I looked at this, stocks were often had their holes there and there. So your legs weren't like that. It was one there, one there. So, you, uh, so they were even more painful for that. But they were thrown into this jail. They'd done nothing wrong. I mean, in fact, look, let's look at this. They'd arrived in a new city, full of desire to preach the good news of Jesus to the people of Philippi. In the power of the Spirit, they'd see, Paul had had this vision. He was being honorable to that. He'd come to this place because God had called them. In the power of Jesus, he cast out a demon in the name of the Lord. 
And before you know where they are, they've been beaten and they're thrown into prison. Surely I would have done, Lord, have we got this right? We screwed this up. We've got this wrong. We've done this in our own strength. Surely. How many times in your experience do you think, Lord, I prayed about this. I've set this before you. And it starts to go well. It starts, and you think, yes, Lord. And then all of a sudden, the wheel comes off the wagon. Brick wall goes up in front of your plans. Suddenly, all that you thought was going to happen doesn't happen. What do you do then? Do you think, God, have I got this right? Do I actually ever hear from you? Anyway, they were in sufferable pain. Wouldn't you be? You've been beaten with a rod. You're stuck in a stock. You're in a dirty, stinking jail. Suddenly, where's it all gone wrong, Lord? What has happened? Listen, hopefully, you might know something of extreme tiredness, but not tiredness like this. This is exhaustion. This is the point of unconsciousness. But they didn't do that. They were still strong in the Lord. Because, and because, what happens next? We see that they're not suffering natural sleep. They've not gone to sleep. You would have thought their bodies would have said, enough, I'm just closing down. But we say no, that they're still praising God. They didn't have any natural sleep that night. Do you remember how Pastor Jonathan two weeks ago was telling us how, how Peter was asleep in the jail? And it, the angel had to wake him up to take him to lead him out of the jail. Not here, you'd have thought these guys would have been just absolutely unconscious because their pain, their aches, their bleeding, their hurting. But no, they don't do that. No natural sleep for them. Actually, may I say, Yomi said last week, he said the actor who played Peter could have done a bit better. Yeah. Could have done. Actually, I think, well, all right, it wasn't worthy of an Oscar, but a BAFTA? <laughs> Cheek. Anyway, you want to be on your knees for 10 minutes. Anyway. <laughs> They were in this church, and, and, and yet, what they were doing, they were praising and singing at midnight, the praise of their God. It says, in, Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica, and he says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. He was doing just that. It was just they were praising God in awful situations. So, do you find praising God easy when everything is going well? Yeah, when there's a smile on your face, where everything in the garden is rosy, where your plans are coming to pass. Do you find I do? I find it very easy. Hmm. When it starts to go wrong, you may have the strength in your faith to go. Yeah, I still praise God. What about when they really go wrong? What about when the chips are really down? Do you then continue to praise God? Do you still, in all situations and circumstances, praise him? Do you find that easy to do? It's a real test of faith. And it's a test of faith. But these faithful men were doing just that. They were in this situation of praising the Lord. How do you do that? How do you do that? Do you do it by gritting your teeth and going, I will praise you, God, even though everything in you is going, ah! No, you don't. How you do this is what's inside of what God has deposited, what you have learned from the Lord, what you know about the Lord, what the Lord has, has told you about himself. That's how you do it. 
That's how you do it. To praise in all circumstances is what comes up from here, not what's here. I've said this before, it's a great example. Not just because my example, I read it somewhere, of course I did. But the fact of the matter is a raging storm at sea. Crashing, bang, roaring waves, chaos, the screaming wind. You can imagine it, even if you've never been in that situation. I hope you haven't. But you go, you go down a short distance, stillness, calm. It's not being affected by what's crashing and bashing upstairs. No. And it's the same with us. It's what's in here. It doesn't have an effect. It rather, it has a massive effect in that it brings peace. It brings godly things to us, even in the midst of a storm, even in the midst of an awful situation. Listen, Paul and Silas aren't not affected. They're affected totally. They're hurting. They're bleeding. They're, they, they're feeling every inch of all of this. But inside, they know God. No, you are faithful. You did bring us to this place. Your plans will not be thwarted. The, the gates of hell shall not stand against this. Their God reigns. Our God reigns. Amen? Because he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And so they knew this. And this is where it came up from. This is where it was. Inside. Inside. And, and it says really interesting. I love it in scripture where it says, the prisoners were listening to them. I bet they were. I bet they were. But some of them will be going, are you guys for real? Others will be hurling abuse. Shut up. What do you think this is? We're trying to get some sleep or something. And yet others, and I, many, I think many others, have just been in awe. Well, guys, how do you do this? How can you do this? How can you do this in the midst of all that you've suffered, all that you're going on? How can you do this? Listen, people are watching you. Children, people are watching you. Your friends are watching you. Adults, they're watching you in the office. They're watching you at the school gate. They're watching you. They're watching you. What are they seeing? Are they seeing fairness? Are they seeing hope? Are they seeing encouragement? Are they seeing blessed things? Are they seeing fruit of the Spirit? Are they seeing that? Are they hearing you speaking words of encouragement? Things of no. Or are you a bit grumpy, a bit indifferent, a bit cynical, yeah, whatever, a bit worldly? I know we're all guilty of that occasionally, but people are watching you. People were watching and listening to Paul and Silas in the prison. Then comes an earthquake. Massive earthquake, a massive earthquake, shakes the foundations of the prison, causes the doors to fly open, causes the chains and the stocks to fly open, the chains to fall off. This all happens. God has sent this amazing earthquake. He sent it at this time. Listen, chains don't fall off in an earthquake. Yes, cracks appear in walls. Yes, walls can fall. Yes, things happen like that. Chains do not fall off. Chains do not come undone. Listen. No paper chains. <laughs> they do not fall off in an earthquake. Okay? Believe me. Kids, come here. Someone, try to break that. <laughs> this will be fun. Who's going to try to break that chain? I know you know you can't do it, even before you get over here. Try to break that chain. It's not going to happen. Go on, one, one at one end, one at the other. And whilst you bust a gut, I'm going to stand here. Stephen, you probably can do it, darling. You know, you're a strong guy. Yeah. Listen, listen. 
The doors have flown open. Guys, it's time to go. The doors are open for everyone. It's time to go, surely. No, 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 that's not what happens, is it? It's not what happens. The jailer rushes from his house. Haven't you done it yet? Come on, we haven't got all day. Okay. The jailer rushes from his house, sees the doors are open, thinks they've all gone. I'm going to be tortured. I'm going to be murdered. So are my family. It's all at an end. Ah, I'm going to fall on my sword like Romans do. What? What does Paul shout out? Don't do it! Not that. You can carry on. (laughs) We're all here! What? He calls for lights. He goes into the jail and he's amazed to see that's exactly what's happened. They are all still there. He said, don't harm yourself. We're all still here. And he thought, how can this be? Listen, he calls for these lights. He rushes in. He's been so fearful he's about to kill himself. He thinks the end of life has come. And there they are, all sitting in the going, all right. I tell you, just one minute. Picture this jailer. We don't do this often enough in Scripture. Picture him. He's not a lovely guy. I can tell you, I didn't know who he is, but he wasn't a lovely guy. He was probably a gnarled, ham-fisted, ex-Roman soldier. You can almost see him. They're all guilty. He's going to be that sort of guy. He's going to be really one of those guys. So he's not a pushover. Do you know people that aren't a pushover? I do. He'd have seen all sorts of horrid things in his life, and yet, still not done it. I tell you what... Go and have a go over there. Come sit back down. See if you can still drive. If you do it, I'll be amazed. But there you go. Why the other prisoners didn't run away, I don't know. Do you ever think that? All right, we can think about Paul and Simon. Why didn't the others go? Doesn't say in Scripture, don't know. But just as that earthquake was miraculous, I reckon the peace of God over that jail, despite an earthquake, was miraculous. Maybe the worship of Paul and Silas called it to be miraculous. Maybe. We don't know. Maybe even the prisoners were a bit dazed by what had happened. And they didn't run away. But anyway, they were all still there. Anyway, despite all this chaos, all this confusion, the jailer runs in. And he's just completely bemused. I'm going to live. They're all still here. I've got a chance of life. This hardened man has seen something. He sees something in Paul and Silas. I don't know what it was that he saw in Paul and Silas. Maybe he saw compassion. Maybe he saw a chance of life. Maybe he saw love. Maybe he saw grace. Maybe I don't know. But he saw something, and he fell at their feet. He was at the point of death. And he says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? All my days, he's gone from here to here. He's had a life-changing experience in a matter of moments. What must I do to be saved? Listen. What's Paul's response? Believe in the Lord Jesus and be saved. So he says, believe in you and your whole household. What Paul doesn't say is, I tell you what, puts his arm around, you come along to our new, our new Philippian church. Come along for a few weeks. See how you get in. Meet a few people. And say that. Does he say, I tell you what, you come along and you listen to me preach. You listen to what I've got to say. I've got some stuff, weighty stuff. Then say that. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. How simple a gospel message is that, guys? How simple is that? And this man, who was at the brink of taking his own life, listened. It says that he completely handed over his life to Jesus. He got these guys out 
and he experiences immediate life change. Why? Because he takes them home. He takes them into his house. He looks after him. He feeds them. He washes their wounds. He looks after them. They become baptized as a household. These things are amazing. Listen, a life touched by Jesus brings about change. And it can bring about change immediately. This guy experienced life-changing power from receiving Christ Jesus as his Lord and his household, and it changed his life immediately. He changed a surrendered life. You know, this is the guy who'd thrown them in jail the following, the previous day, just about the previous day, with no care, no compassion. Get in there. Lock them up. Throw them in there. Scum. This is the guy. Think of that guy. This is how much has been changed by the power of the Lord Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you remember somebody, another Roman household, sent for, the, sent for Peter? Do you remember that? Cornelius? Do you remember that at the beginning of Acts? Sent for Cornelius. Oh, Cornelius sent for Peter. And Peter comes, and at Peter's preaching, they all receive the message of the Lord. They all become baptized. The household is touched in power by the Holy Spirit. Paul went there, Sorry, Peter went there by way of an invitation. There wasn't an invitation to Paul and Silas. They didn't get an invitation, not to this Roman household, but the same thing happened. The power of the Lord came, and he, the jailer, and his whole household received the Lord. That is the power of the Lord's moving in their lives. Listen, the earthquake did not come to release Paul and Silas from the jail, I don't think. The Paul, this earthquake came to release this jailer and his family from the grip of sin and death to bring salvation to a hardened man and to his family. That was why the earthquake was sent. Praise God. Listen, it's not always people on the inside of a jail that need releasing, that need getting out. It's not. It's not. Chains do break. Spiritual chains. People don't get bound up so much. Well, hopefully not. Not that we get to here with chains anymore physical chains, but they are bound up with spiritual chains, things that bind their lives to the truth, bind them up like this Roman jailer, hardened, gnarled, hate the world, can't bear it, seen some horrible things, and yet in a moment, spiritual chains break off, physical chains in the name of the Lord break off. By the way, have you broken it? No, of course you haven't. Spiritual chains will, but spiritual chains do break you know, this is a marvelous chapter in Acts. I read it, and every time I get to it, I am touched to the core. Because you say, there is the power of God just doing his work through these honoring men and uh, what the message they brought. They were just serving their Lord, their, their God. Listen, I'm going to ask you this. Youngsters, youth, adults, have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you received him as Lord? Have you said, yes, Lord, please come into my life. I'm sorry what I've done wrong. Come into my life today. Have you? Or are you still living your life? I think I've got it. I know things. No, I don't believe it. I'm, I'm all right, am I am. No, thank you very much. I'm okay. Maybe another time. Maybe when I'm a bit older. Maybe when I know a bit, a bit more. I can say that. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And be saved. That was the message. That was the message that they sang out. That was the message that was responded to. Listen, when you receive Jesus, peace 
joy, love, fullness, understanding comes by the power of your spirit to you. And they're in the raging of the storms, whatever those storms are, you know that stillness. Amen? Amen. This is the message that's proclaimed in this chapter. The one who brings release, complete release has come, and his name is Jesus. And i got to stand here. I didn't used to believe. I was, how old was I? 27 when I came to faith. Oh, my days. Praise be to God that the rest of that time has been in faith. Guys, don't miss out on the time. God is good. Jesus is good. The Holy Spirit is real, and he empowers and impacts your life. Why would you not say yes? Believe in the Lord Jesus and be saved. Praise God. Thank you. That's the message. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.